You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everyone, Tim McMaster here along with our MLB.com Yankees reporter, Brian Hoke. And, Brian, the time is here. Pitchers and catchers officially reporting on Thursday for the Yankees down in Tampa. But for the most part, a lot of guys already down there, obviously, and and you've gotten a chance to to already talk about a lot of them. So we're going to kind of set the stage for spring training for the Yankees. And and a little later in the podcast, we're going to touch on life as a beat reporter during spring training because, I mean – People, I think, assume that it, it's a glorious thing to be down in Florida when it's cold where you're used to being. But six weeks on the road, it's, it's kind of a grind as well. So we'll get into that a little bit. But let's start with the Yankees. I know there's not a lot of position battles to kind of look at as this uh, spring training opens up. But you could look at the rotation, obviously, that fifth starter job. So let's start there as we get ready for spring training. You have Nova. You have Sabathia. You have Severino. You know, how do you handicap that situation as we get started? Yeah, um, looking at it, I would think there's nothing I saw from Luis Severino last year that tells me he has any development to do at AAA. There's no reason I see to send him down to AAA. I think they could get caught in a numbers situation, but as far as I'm looking at it right now, I think that Ivan Nova and CC Sabathia are the ones who come to camp with a lot to prove. So uh, you saw a lot of good things last year from CC at the end put the brace on. Obviously, he's now out of rehab. He spent a month there and uh, seems to be in good spirits. Every Everything you've heard has been positive. So you hope that that all comes in and translates the performance on the field and he can do what he did once he started wearing that protective brace at the end of last year. And, and for Nova, I think he's coming into a contract year. He's got something to prove. Um, pitchers historically are better the second year back than Tommy John. So uh, as it comes in, I think I would handicap that Severino has a rotation spot. You're looking at D.C. Sebastian and Ivan Nova to battle for that number five, and the loser goes to the bullpen. Of course, there's a chance that at least at the very beginning of the season, you could need both of those guys because we heard from Masahiro Tanaka last week saying he's not sure at this point that he's going to be ready for opening day. Yeah, of course, and I think that's the big wild card, and it always is. You need to see who's going to be healthy. Uh, in Yankees' springs past, you strangely seven has a funny way of fitting into five. You know, you come in with seven or eight or nine starting pitchers and say, how is this going to fit? And sooner or later, something works out. So uh, I remember there was a Yankee spring, I think it was 07 or 08, where we joked early in camp and said, "How wouldn't it be funny if Carl Pavano was the opening day starting pitcher? And, and wouldn't you know it, everything went wrong and Carl Pavano was on the mound opening day. So hopefully the Yankees aren't in a situation like that this year. They would love if Masahiro Tanaka comes in as healthy and yeah, my, uh, Michael Pineda and Ivan Nova and DC Spathia and Luis Severino and Nathan Navaldi and all these guys, and, and it makes a really tough decision for Joe Girardi, but uh, stranger things have happened. You mentioned the loser of that fifth starter battle heading to the bullpen, and, and what a bullpen it could be with, obviously, the, the big guys at the end, Andrew Miller, Dylan Batances, Aroldis Chapman, and you got a chance to, to talk to Andrew Miller today um, did anything jump out to you from, from his words? Obviously, here's a guy that, that suddenly isn't the closer, and he used to be. Is he okay with that from what you've heard? 
He seems absolutely fine with it. I think that uh, this is a guy who signed with the Yankees he had never closed before, so it's not like you're asking him to do something completely foreign and go back to the role that he served before that. So I think that last year around this time we were going, we were talking a lot about how are the Yankees going to decide who's going to set up, who's going to close between him and Dylan McCansis. And uh, to ask him to go back to that setup role, not a whole lot has changed. I think the one thing that jumped out for me from Miller was he's talking about how much more comfortable he is this year. Uh, last year there was a lot of adjustments. At this time he didn't even know where the clubhouse were. He didn't know who the clubhouse people were. Uh, didn't know who a lot of his teammates were. Uh, that, that adjustment process is over for him. So I think he comes in, he's hit the ground running, he – he lives in the Tampa area, so he's been working out at the spring training complex for a while anyway. He's been working with coach Larry Rothschild. I, I think he's going to feel a lot more familiar this year, and um, we'll see how Chapman Chapman now has to do all that adjusting. He has to learn his way around. He has to fit in the clubhouse. So I think that for Miller and for Kansas as well, uh, they get to come in and just kind of hit the ground running. Amazing that Miller won the Mariano Rivera Reliever of the Year Award in the American League, of course, last year, and now he's the setup guy. Just says what the Yankees have out there in the bullpen. And another young guy that could be out there in the bullpen that you wrote about this week, Jacob Lindgren, uh, drafted in 2014, got a taste of the big leagues last year. And I know when the Yankees drafted him in the second round, they knew this was a guy who would probably move through the minor leagues really quickly as as a college arm. Um how valuable could he be in that bullpen in 2016? Yeah, by my count, they've got three open slots to fill. And I think in years past, the Yankees would have gone out on the free agent market and spent a lot of money to fill those holes. But they've taken a different approach this offseason. They have addressed it through the trade market. And that's going to give opportunities to some of these young arms uh, coming up through the system. So I think Lindgren is definitely in that mix. Uh, college closers, you can fast track to the big leagues. Obviously, they did last year. He got up seven games, had his year cut short due to injury, but uh, had a bone spur removed and has been rehabbing well. That's the same injury that Tanaka had. So if Tanaka can make it to the mound for opening day, there's, there's no reason to think Lindgren can not be available in the bullpen as well. So I, I think he's got a shot. There's nothing guaranteed, but uh, the Yankees are clearly open to giving some of these young players a look in spring training. And even if it's not for the opening day roster, I think uh, there's a lot of thought that these young players can come up and play a role at some point in 2016. So that kind of sets the stage as far as on the mound. How about behind the plate? Obviously, Brian McCann is your catcher. Um, but then when you look at, at backup catcher, it gets a little more interesting, I think. Gary Sanchez obviously has reinserted himself as a top prospect after having a big 2015 season and then an even bigger stretch in the Arizona Fall League. But then you also still have Austin Romine there, right? So what? how does that all play out during spring training? For sure, and they brought in Carlos Corporan as well, just in case there's an injury and they need to get a, another defensive-minded backstop in there. But I think Sanchez is the front runner. Uh, we, you know, we watched him yesterday on the backfield at the, uh, the Monterey Complex, and he was just putting on a power display. And, and he's always been able to hit. And uh, so I don't know what you can tell from, from a batting practice round other than it was impressive. Uh, we were standing behind the wall in right center field and just watching him hit ball after ball uh, over the wall. It, it, there's a lot of talent there. And, and we talked to Gary Denbo, the uh, vice president of player development for the Yankees, and he said uh, their reports are Sanchez ready to catch in the big leagues right now. Defensively, uh, the throwing arm is exceptional. Uh, the release times are good at second base. So he's ready to, to hit. He's ready to handle a pitching staff. So I think, really, you come into spring training, you don't want to promise too much. But as far as I'm looking at it, the job of Sanchez is to lose. I think uh, they've waited 
little while on him. It feels like he's been in the farm system for a long time, but you have to remember how young he was when he signed. And now he's coming in his age 23, going to be 24 season. Um, it's a great time for him to step up, show he belongs in a big league. He was obviously on the playoff roster last year for that one-game playoff against the Astros. Uh, got a little taste in September and October, but uh, this could be the year that Gary Sanchez really announces himself as a big league player. Yeah, and I know there was a time when the, the franchise, the organization, I don't want to say gave up on him, but I think certainly had some questions about work ethic and, and that sort of thing. But 2015 kind of changed all of that from from all reports I've heard. The work ethic was there, and obviously the performance was there. Is there any value, though, for this guy who's, you said it, he can hit at the major league level, but defensively and everything else, is there any value to him getting any time in AAA to st- at least start the year rather than be a backup with limited time in the majors? Yeah, that's something that the Yankees have talked about as far as he did that development last year. He, he did it at Trenton. He did it in Scranton. And, uh, they think he's about as polished as he needs to be. As, you know, I think that catching two or three days a week, um, some teams are hesitant to do that with a younger talent, but the Yankees have done that with a lot of their catchers coming up, going all the way back to, say, Jorge Posado, who was under Joe Girardi. Um, They've done it more recently with a guy like Francisco Cervelli, even John Ryan Murphy last season. Um, they're not shy about bringing a guy up, getting his feet wet as a backup, and, and getting that experience. They think there's a lot to learn between the on-field stuff, catching in the bullpen, you get to work with the starting staff rather than play pitchers. Uh, there's a lot of benefits to have, breaking in as a backup catcher and then eventually uh, the Yankees hope oh, going into a starting role at some point. How about uh, let's talk about you, Brian. Let's talk about life as a as a beat writer down in spring training. Obviously, you kind of have to pick up your life here in New York and and move it south for six weeks. Um, you're covering the team every day, pretty much down there. Just talk about is is it a grind for you? How, how do you approach spring training, knowing that you know you're going to be down there and yeah, the weather's nice, but but you're away from home for a long stretch of time. What is your day to day like? <laughs> I think there's a lot of people who would trade places with me in a second. So I, I'm trying I, to I'm trying to make you look better for those people that oh it's not the the easy life for Brian. Look, it's it's a job, of course, and then there's uh, you know we just like your jobs back at home. We've got bosses and deadlines and all that stuff to, to take care of. And uh, I'm not going to pretend I'm out here sitting on the beach uh, seven days a week. But um, there's a lot of people at home who I think would trade, and I'm not going to pretend that. Oh, it's terrible. It's not. Spring training is one of my favorite times of year. I think uh, everybody's looking forward to the winter being over. Baseball's back. I I love hearing the crack of the bat and actually watching a game on the field. That's the fun part. Um, I think that uh, Florida feels very familiar. This is actually spring training number 10 for me with the Yankees, which is uh, it's flown by. Um, Florida, February and March is the place to be. I think that whether you're a fan, a reporter, a Whatever have you, I, I think that um, there's a lot of fun in coming down to Florida, or I'm sure Arizona as well, um, just being up close and, and really getting a taste of baseball. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry if this sounds like an advertisement for the Grapefruit League, but uh, it's it's good times down here, and um, you know, this is one of the best times of year. Now, the Yankees are a team that obviously has a huge media following and, and access I know can can be difficult at times just because of the the mob basically in the clubhouse on a daily basis. So does spring training give you a chance to really just get a little more access or or maybe get some more 
one-on-one time with players and, and a chance to really get to know these guys a little better as opposed to once you're in the, the grind here in New York City? I think so. And I think, obviously, there is less media in Tampa than there is in New York City. Um, it's, it's easier to get one-on-one time with players. And, and just remember, there's a lot more players in that room. Um, you know, guys like the starting lineup players, they're going to be around all year. But this is your opportunity to get to talk to the guys who played last year at, say, Tampa or Trenton or in AAA and, and get to know them and the guys who are going to come up and, and maybe play an impact in the big leagues last, uh, later in the year. Like, for example, we talked about Jacob Lindgren earlier in this, uh, in this interview or, or Aaron Judge, for example. I got to meet those guys for the first time last year in, in camp and get to know them a little bit. So when they show up in, in Major League Park, when Yankee Stadium, when Lindgren came up, or, for example, this year at some point I think Aaron Judge might come up, um, you, you already have a pre-existing relationship. You know these guys a little bit better. Um, and that's, that's great because we spend a lot of the offseason talking about who's going to be next, who's coming, who's, uh, who's impressing down the Arizona Fall League. It's good to get to know these guys, look them in the eye, and, and talk to them a little bit. And they know us and we know them, and it's good to build that relationship. Excellent stuff. Good to see kind of the behind the scenes of what goes down, what goes on down there in spring training. That's going to do it for another edition of MLB.com Extras, the New York Yankees edition. Brian Hoke, thanks so much again for joining us. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices watch at home in the office or on the go every night on every device blackout and other restrictions apply visit mlb.tv for details